We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. I take my characters very seriously. They are living human beings on the screen. I don't put words in their mouth. I can sit here, I type 150, 60, 70 words a minute. And sometimes when I'm typing, I don't even know what I've written until I finish. And I go, oh, whoa, Poochie, you didn't. You're in a daze almost. You're in it. Well, yeah, it's not even about me. I'm not in it. I'm like the conduit. That's all I am. You don't know where it's going when you start. No, I, and I have no idea how my books end. I don't want to use a bad analogy, but the bottom line is if you already know how it ends, why bother? I think that's arrogant as hell. And I think it is insulting to the characters that I think I know more about them than I discover about them. I just create these personalities and put them in a situation and I want to see how they're going to deal with it. Otherwise, it's literary masturbation. I could do it all by myself. (laughs) Terry McMillan has been a friend of mine for years and talking to her is just like you'd expect. She's fun and vibrant and irreverent and just keeps it real and says whatever she wants. She brought all that energy to this conversation about writing where she gets really deep about her process, where she surrenders to her characters and really lets them come alive on the page and tell her who they are and what they want to do. This really inspired me as a writer. It made me think about really wanting to focus on character on a deeper level. Terry writes these deep, in-depth character profiles before she even starts and let those inform the characters. She talks all about that stuff here. Look, whether or not you love Terry's work, a lot of people do, and she's got a lot that she can teach you about writing. Check out her new novel, It's Not All Downhill From Here. It's in stores everywhere already. And of course, this is the Patreon era of Torrey's show. So if you want to hear the whole episode with me and Terry, go to patreon.com slash show and support our growing team. There you get the full Wednesday episodes and Friday Patreon exclusives. Already there's episodes there with people like Malcolm Gladwell, ZZ Packer, Morris Day, Lil Yachty, Neil deGrasse Tyson, and more. For now... It's Terry McMillan on Torre Show. How are you? I'm trying to keep hope alive, for lack of a better cliche. <laughs> How is Corona affecting you? Are you stuck in the house? What's going on? Um, 
No, I'm not stuck in the house. Um, I live in a sort of a condo on the sixth floor, and in Pasadena, that's a high rise. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But fortunately, one side of where I live, I can see the parking lot to my really high-end grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I know when all of the stuff is being delivered and I'm friends with the guy in there. So I get to get, you know, I get paper towels and toilet paper and all that stuff put aside. But, um, you know, I'm just, um, I look out the window and I see trees. I'm fortunate that I feel like I can at least walk. I'm glad I'm not in New York. I feel sorry for people in New York. Well, I feel sorry in- for you're in California, and there's a lot going on in California. Are you scared? I'm scared, not just, for, I'm not scared for me. Right. Um, but I did just, you know, do my hands again. I, I live and breathe for antibacterial products and gloves. Um, I do my door handle. If somebody wants to deliver something, don't touch my door handle. Mm. Um, it's... You know, people are being very, very nice to each other. Um, that's what I really, really appreciate and am grateful for. But am I scared? Hell yeah, I'm scared. Um, what are you scared of? I'm scared. I don't. I don't trust strangers. I know um, that's the most insidious thing. We can't trust our friends. Yeah. Well, my neighbor came up. Um, and she wanted to know if she could have some coffee. And I said, wash your hands. But she was already starting to turn the water on. And I've got antibacterial everything, everything all over this house. And I've gotten to the point, I wash my hands by accident, thinking it was my antibacterial stuff. There were lens cleaning wipes for my glasses. I'm, I'm concerned about the bug, right? Because in New York, we're looking at potentially 50 to 60 to 70% of the city getting it. So I'm concerned about the bug getting into, you know, me or one of the members of my family, my kids, my wife, who you all know. But I am more, I am perhaps even more concerned with the mass economic impact oh. the iceberg that is happening that is coming that is going to affect a gigantic portion of us and thus have an impact on almost all of us uh, do you think about that part of it all of course um you know i mean i'm on a list of all the places you can donate to mm. during this time I mean, I just keep it. Thank God for PayPal. Um, I'm just, I worry about people. I don't, I worry about people who can't feed their kids, who can't pay their rent, who aren't going to get the stupid check from Donald um, and the senators. Um, in time, I, I just, I, I mean, I can't even imagine what it must be like. And, and it, I, I can't even, I can't fathom it. And, you know, 
I'm just, I'm really scared. And I'm also very pissed off. Um, I'm very pissed off because this really shouldn't even have been necessary. If Donald Trump had done what he was supposed to do and not using his instincts, which he obviously is, uh, has none, mm. um, not to mention brains and mm. that thing that we have called um, empathy, if he had something remotely close to that where he could think about something other than himself and his properties and Wall Street, maybe we wouldn't be in this position. Well, Matter of fact, I know we wouldn't be in this position. Well, I mean, I, yes, I think there was a constant thought of what do I need to do to get reelected? And if oh. I downplay the situation and make everybody think it's no big deal, nothing to see here while the f house is burning down, uh, it'll go away. His and base we'll, believed that shit. They still do. I mean, that stuff. They do. His base believed it. Wait till they get sick. I'm one. I'm waiting. So you got a new book coming out. Are you trying to skip the subject? No, but I mean, like, I'm talking to you because... You get me worked up. Well, I mean, no, but I just wanted to talk to you about your book. I mean... Okay. It's kind of exciting. It's kind, it's, it's kind of an event for a lot of people. A new Terry McMillan book. It's a big deal. Well, I wouldn't say all that. Well, I mean, don't you see that in the world that there is there is a large class of people who are Terry McMillan fans and they get very excited when a new Terry McMillan novel comes out? Well, I'm grateful. I'll put it that way. Hmm. Um, I'm quite grateful. I mean, there's a lot of excitement, more than I imagined. Um, I just got something today from Publishers Weekly that top six books to read. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what? I didn't even think they liked me. <laughs> when you're writing and you're alone writing, conceiving the book, do you hear the masses? Do you feel a pressure because you know a large class of people, be it critics, editors, readers are going to read the book just because your name is on the cover? Do you like, I, I don't know what it would be like to, to be writing knowing all these people are going to be watching. I imagine that might be sort of paralyzing. No, I'm not thinking about my audience when I'm writing a book. You can check them out. Not even close. First of all, they aren't in my house. They aren't in my life. The p characters that I'm writing about, that's who I care about. That's who, I mean, I surrender to these people and- the I'm 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 more worried about what my character is feeling and thinking and how he or she is going to act as a result of something that I basically created um for them to have to deal with and I don't know the answers to it. Uh I put myself in their shoes and I just I'm hypnotized. I I do what they would do, not what I would want them to do. But I do you know, I do character profiles, so I sort of know my characters' personalities, but I don't know everything that they will do at any given moment. But I'm not, I, let me just say this. But first of all, if I'm on page 26 or 326, I am not thinking, gee, what are the folks going to think when they read this? 
that's important. I, I, I mean, I think the artist has to be able to shut out the world and have a private creative experience. And the more successful you get and the level of success that you are at is, you know, it's rarefied in terms of the number of people who will buy your books and really care about your books. I imagine it would get harder and harder and harder um, to shut out everybody. And it's great to hear that you that you are still able to do that. And I'm curious what you mean by surrendering to your characters. Well, I'll put it this way. In this book, um, I had a character who has, she has potential, a potential health issue that she's in denial about, diabetes. And, um, you know, it's like people who drink too much who are alcoholics and they just think they just have too much to drink sometimes. And I wanted to know what did it feel like to lie to yourself and not be honest with yourself about certain things. And, of course, I can identify with that, but not with the issues that I gave my character or characters. And I had to jump outside of my own skin to... Think about how characters make excuses for their behavior, like we do in real life. Um, how we apologize for things that sometimes we shouldn't apologize for. Um, what they explain to themselves. I don't know the answers to these questions. I have to jump outside of Terry McMillan's heart and head and jump into Loretha's head and heart. And... Um, that's the beauty of this process to me. And I just go with the flow. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. One of the people who helped inspire me to want to be in broadcasting is Oprah Winfrey. She's an inspiration for so many of us, but her daytime talk show was so incredible. And it told me that you could be black and authentic and real on TV. And that made me want to do it, too. Black Stories, Black Truths is NPR's new collection that's a celebration of blackness. Each of NPR's black voices are as direct, varied, distinct and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and how to create world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account of what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. 
Black perspectives that haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story, but now they are the story. On NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, as nuanced, and as Black as we are. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Influencer. It's a word that gets tossed around a lot these days. There is a woman who went the distance, who broke ground as the first true influencer by living a remarkable life. Her name, Elizabeth Taylor. I'm Katy Perry. This is the story of the original influencer. This is Elizabeth the First. Elizabeth the First, the podcast, wherever you listen. We'll get back to the show in one second, but there are things we all look back on in life and say, how could I have gotten it so wrong? That haircut you liked in high school, wearing multiple polo shirts at once, donating to Coney 2012, remember that? That one person you loved that one time. You know the one. We always get things wrong. That's just life. But there are things we can get right on the first try, like shopping for life insurance. Because if you use Policy Genius, you'll get it right the first time. They make finding life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers and find the best price. You could save more than $1,500 a year using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. And once you apply, they handle all the paperwork and make it easy. And they don't just make life insurance easy. They can help you find home insurance, auto insurance, disability insurance, all kinds of things. So even if you look back on your triple denim days in distress, and I know you do, you'll never be distressed about life insurance with Policy Genius. In just a few minutes, you can find the best price and apply at policygenius.com. Look, we all get things wrong from time to time, but we can get life insurance right and help you sleep at night with Policy Genius. If you love Torrey's show and you miss the days of me talking about politics on MSNBC, and really, who doesn't, then check out my other podcast, Democracy-ish, where I sit with Danielle Moody-Mills and argue and strategize about the 2020 race from a Black and progressive perspective. You know, for the to the Georgias of the world and the and the Nevadas and those people that like want to open up. I just I just what I want to do is close down the borders around sanity. You can find Democracy Ish wherever podcasts are streamed. All right, back to Torre Show. They're the characters are really able to talk to you and tell you where they want to go and pull you along rather than you controlling them like the god of their oh. world oh god yeah i don't i don't know yeah i'm just the conduit you know i hear what they're thinking um i'm i don't have all of this stuff figured out or i wouldn't waste my energy so you don't know where you don't know where it's going when you start no i and i have no idea how my books end i i mean why wait I don't want to use a bad analogy, but um, the bottom line is if you already know how it ends, why bother? I think that's arrogant as hell. 
And um, I think it is insulting to the characters that I think I know more about them than I discover about them. I just create these personalities and put them in a situation and I want to see how they're going to deal with it. Um, Otherwise, it's literary masturbation. I could do it all by myself. (laughs) How do you get how do you get into a space where you can really listen to them and let them tell you what they would do and you're not making the decisions for them? The only thing I do is put them in a situation. Uh, and sometimes I don't even know what that situation is going to be. Um, I create these characters that, and I give them personalities. And um, sometimes I use astrology and all kinds of things. But I just wanted a character who was, I think she was turning 68. And I just wanted to know, I wanted to defy the the law that, you know, that you're 60, that it is all downhill from here, that you're on your deathbed almost, um, or that, you know, some kind of illness is going to strike you and, you know, you're never going to have sex again and you're never going to know what love feels like and all that. And I was like, that is like total BS. And I wanted a character who still knew that she had a lot of living to do uh, and she didn't see it as all downhill. Even if it turned out that way, I didn't know that. And I gave her a bunch of friends and that characters that I created that defied some of that. But in some cases, they fell into that category. And that to me is like the yin and the yang. It's like the push and the pull. It's like having a bunch of friends and everybody doesn't see eye to eye on things. And and everybody... Everybody doesn't feel the same way, but they're still friends. And there you have a little bit of tension. But at the same time, I mean, it's to me, it's easy to come up with these scenarios. That's not the that's that's. But I put I create characters and put them in a situation where they're going to have to act. They're not going to do what I want them to do based on their personalities that I've given them. I give them astrological signs, all kinds of stuff. And, um, and, and they, and which is very judgmental on my part, but then they do things that I just say, oh my God, you didn't (laughs) Poochie, go sit your big ass down. You did not say that, you know? And, and I, so I'm, I'm, I'm like a spectator or with a, you know, my keys are just, my fingers are just typing what it is I see them doing and saying and feeling. And I love it. You know what this is like, Tori. Stop acting like you don't. Well, I know to a certain extent, but I'm, a, I'm when I was doing fiction, which I no longer really try to do as much, um, I was a little more controlled. I, I was not able. Because you're a man. I guess. I mean, I was not able to <laughs> surrender to the characters in the way you're talking about. And, and Toni oh. Morrison talked about this. Um, and I find it really fascinating. Um, I, I was definitely thinking about what is the most interesting dramatic thing that could happen and having them do that. But it was much more for me, it was much more like arranging dolls and like, what would be the craziest thing this person could say in this moment, but you are able to Uh -uh. listen to them and allow them to speak to you. And that is a much more powerful way of going about it. 
Well, you make it sound like it, but um, that's the only way I've ever written because otherwise I would just, I would just be giving these characters, they would be like puppets to me. Right. And I have a goal in mind. I don't have a goal in mind. I don't, I never know how my stories are going to end. Um, I don't know who's going to live, who's going to die. I don't know who's going to be happy. I don't write fairy tales. And all I know is that a novel is a journey of a character or a, a bunch of characters that are going through something that they are being tested. And they're tested on a lot of different levels. And I don't know if they're going to pass that test or those tests, but I know that we have to go through this every day. You know, should I go to the grocery store without my gloves? No. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, should I call my sister who hasn't spoken to me in six months? No. <laughs> or yes. You know, why aren't you speaking? Well, people have differences of different opinions about things and behaviors. So, I mean, I just can come up with things to give characters that seem important to their well-being and that they are basically, they have, and and matter of fact, I make sure that that's what they're going to have to deal with. Because if not, it's not a novel. If they don't want anything and they can't get it, or they don't even know what they want and they don't get it, I mean, what do you end up with? Well, yes, of course. The the character wanting something and being unable to easily get it is at the core of a good story. Um, and and without that, you have not. I mean, and that goes back to Joseph Campbell and and the beginnings of story. But I'm curious, what what all do you put in your character profile? How detailed do you get? Oh, well, I'll put it this way. Back in the day, I mean, I used to give my profiles. I typed them up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have how tall they are, how much they weigh, what they eat, their education, their astrological sign. Do they pay their bills on time? You know, how do they feel about sex? Do they have orgasms? Who do they hate? Who do they love? Who would they most want to be? What is it they wish they could do that they can't do? Have they are they liars? How do they feel about the truth? What about people who disagree with them? Do you wish you had married somebody else? What do you think are your worst traits? What do you think are your assets? And I can go on and on and on and on and on. If you could change something that you've done in your life, what would it be? I mean, I know all this stuff about them. I know their birthdays. I know what size shoe they wear. I know what they like to eat, what they don't eat. If they drink too much, I know if they're in denial. And I know if they lie. And if they judge other people, which most of them do. (laughs) How many characters in a given book have you done all of this for? Only the main characters. Like the top two two or three? Uh, You mean in this book? Well, usually, usually. Usually it's usually mostly main characters. But I often do... You know, uh, I'll I'll do versions of them. Like I have to know in this book, I had to know Poochie and 
what's her name, Sadie, all of the different characters. I needed to know enough about them so that I would know how they would interact. And I believe in the whole yin and yang thing that, you know, they're, you know, they love each other, but they get on each other's nerves, just like in real life. And I want, I wanted them to respect each other, but they disagree with each other. And because they love each other and they're smart enough to know that they don't have to agree on everything, but they do judge each other. And that's why they get on each other's nerves. And therein lies a whole bunch of friendships and families. You know, don't you have people in your family that you don't like? Absolutely. Go ahead, name them. No, I'm just <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, look, no, they're, but I, they're not going to listen to this show, so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. It's. I mean, it's a world to me that 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 I'm trying to create with people in it that have a lot at stake. Sometimes they don't know what they have at stake, but they depend on each other. And sometimes they don't even know how much they depend on each other until that person's either no longer there or they distance themselves emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, whatever. What does eating healthy mean to you? Whatever your eating goals, Thrive Market is the best place to get all your groceries and household essentials. And getting Thrive shipped to your door is like having a great supermarket right outside your house. I love that Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and ethical sourcing methods. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market's got it and their site lets you curate your shopping experience quickly. And as a Thrive member, I save on every order. Usually about 30%, which of course I love. And when you join, you help a family in need with the membership matching program. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a $60 gift for free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E Market dot com slash Torrey thrive market dot com slash Torrey on March 16th 2000 two sheriff's deputies were shot in Atlanta Jamil Alamine a Muslim leader and former black power activist was convicted but the evidence was shaky and the whole truth didn't come out during the trial my name is mostly secret and when I started investigating this case in my hometown I uncovered a dark truth about America from tinderfoot tv campside media and iheart podcasts radical is available now Listen to the new podcast, Radical, for free on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. But, um... So when you have the character profile, do you just sort of have that as like, okay, I know you really well, now I can create, you know, have you talk to me? Or are you, like, referring to it as your, like, do we know everything that's in the character profile? I do. No, but do I, as the re, if I read your book, is, you know, am I seeing most of that in the, reflected in the book, or that just becomes knowledge for you to, uh, to know the character? No, I think it's a lot more organic than that. I don't think that you could read a book, any of my characters, and think, oh, gee whiz, and you can see the profile that I made about them. Because on some levels, when I'm writing a book, a lot of that stuff changes. Because the characters are telling me, hey, you got the shit wrong. Really? Yeah. 
I want to go that way. But I don't, I don't have everything figured out. It's just personality types. Like if I know somebody is a liar or I know that somebody is vulnerable um, or you know, they love so hard or they have high expectations. Um, I mean, there are a lot of different things, people that are never wrong. And, you know, and so the situations that I put these characters in, they exhibit these traits and I almost know what they're going to say or what they're going to do until at some point, hopefully, I mean, everybody's not going to have like, my characters don't have epiphanies, but they either evolve or they grow or they don't grow. And it's amazing to me that they can tell you, you are wrong about me. Oh yeah. 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 I mean, they, I can, I'll put it this way. It's, I don't know. It's sort of like if you were to meet somebody and you get to know them really, really well. Okay. And you don't see them for a while. Then you see them and they are behaving differently. What you don't know is that they may have evolved. They may have changed their whole, not their whole being, Mm -hmm, but their mm -hmm. attitude Mm -hmm. about things. They may have grown in ways that you don't know, or perhaps not. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we don't know. I take this process very seriously. I take my characters very seriously. They are living human beings on the screen. Mm-hmm. For me. And I don't know. I don't put words in their mouth. I can sit here. I type 100. I type 150, 60, 70 words a minute. And sometimes when I'm typing, I'm, I don't even know what I've written until I finish. And I go, oh, whoa, Poochie, you so didn't. You're in a daze almost. You're in it. It's bigger than well, you. I mean, I'm. well, yeah, it's not even about me. I'm not in it. I'm like the conduit. That's all I am. Yeah, like you're in the story so much that yeah. you, it's not it's not Terry. It's just happening. You're just 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 like you said, like a conduit. You're just putting it down. Yeah, but I know them well enough so that when they say things, they the character that I've created, I know this is what that character would say. Mm-hmm. But I didn't put the words in the character's mouth. The character said what she was supposed to say based on all of these different things in her personality that would make her say that. I, I already I've absorbed all of this. And and that's the beauty of it, because sometimes I am like surprised. And you want I'm them, like you want them to be. I mean, there's a lot of your characters people love. Are you you're and and it sounds like you're not thinking how do I make sure that these are people who people love, but you're trying to get at people who are authentic and real in the world that you know. Well, there's some characters I don't like. <laughs> you know, because sometimes but, I'll be typing, I'll say, "You bitch!" But they're and good villains. I just keep typing. But, but they're, they're what? They're good villains. Well, they don't necessarily have to be villains. I mean, from one day to the next, sometimes anybody can be nice and someday you can be a bitch. Sure. But that doesn't make you a bitch. Sure. You know, um, and sometimes we do things and say things that we regret, you know, and I think in this book, if I'm not mistaken, some one of the characters, I think, uh, you know, some people have a problem saying I'm sorry. Hmm. And I think one of the characters was like that. I I could be wrong, but I I think so because saying I'm sorry is a big 
is hard for a lot of people. I, it's really hard to believe, but it is. Yeah. They'll skip over it. Tell me about and it. And pretend like it didn't happen, and then, like, let's just move on. But I don't, I'm not going to skip over it. <laughs> no, we're going to find out. <laughs> so why do you think you have this audience that loves you so much, that loves your work so much, that, like, you know, really hangs on these characters and loves these books and wants to go see them in the movies as well. Why? I don't, I, I, you know, I don't know about loving me, Torre. Loving I your work. They love your work. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that maybe some of them like it because they can identify with some of the emotionalism and sometimes some of the situations that the characters are in, that they identify with that. And if they don't identify with the actual situations, that the emotional components and how people, how the characters respond and react to some things. And hopefully the growth, because I'm not, you know, my character is not going to be the same in the beginning as they are in the end. Otherwise, why waste my energy? Mm-hmm. But I don't write, I'm not interested in fairy tales. If you, if you grow uh uh two feet in a book and you, you know, that's growth. Mm-hmm. You know, if you learn something, anything, a tiny, tiny thing that guess what? Sometimes I am wrong. Mm-hmm. Duh. You know, um, sometimes I'm too harsh, you know, or sometimes I'm a bad listener. Uh, those kinds of things. And, you know, that's all I'm all I want. All I want is for us to be happy and healthy and honest and fair and to evolve, to grow, to be better this next year than we were last year. To admit, you know, and say I'm sorry. You know, and you'd be surprised how many people have a problem with that. When you're looking at the work, how do you know it's a how do you know it's a good sentence or how do you know it's a good enough sentence if i believe it mm. if i believe it cuz i know when i and sometimes i mean i'll take i just go i said that's total bullshit terry mm-hmm. there you go with that masturbating again mm. with my fingers on the keyboard you know and i'm like you know stop being cute this is not your story terry this is Aretha's story this poochie's chapter you know, this is Lucky's voice. It's not your voice. But I don't usually have to do that very often. Um, and when I do, I catch myself. But I, I, I am, I, I become each one of these characters. And so I'm not, when I, my fingers are hitting these key, this keyboard, I'm not typing what Terry McMillan wants people to read I'm writing what my characters are feeling and thinking. And that's what I do. And that's what makes me feel good. And it makes me feel better as a human being, knowing that I'm tr- I'm not judging them. I'm giving them room to be who they are, to make mistakes, to know when they make mistakes, to love hard, um, and to get up. and move forward. But I do know that I'm not interested in characters who don't 
move that they're the same when they when you meet them as they are in the end. That's not going to happen. It may happen in real life, but it's not going to happen in my books. They got to grow. They have to they have to do something. But they're not going to all be the same. And normally I don't write about multiple character books, uh, stories. But when I do, I mean, but I don't write fairy tales either. You know, how they get to the end, they're going to have to earn it. Are you a better writer than you were 10 years ago? Uh, first of all, that's assuming that I thought I was a good writer back 10 years ago. No, I don't think of. No, no, no. You uh, could be no. better whether or not you were good. <laughs> you could be better, right? You could be bad at something and over time get better at it. And so it doesn't it doesn't make any assumption. It just are. Have you improved as a writer over the last 10 years? I think I I think maybe I have in that I'm a little more patient. With and who? a lot more. Pardon? Patient with who? Patient with myself Mm. and how I tell my story. And on some levels, I also, sometimes the stories that I, like this story that I wanted to tell, um, I didn't know what I was going to do with all these characters. And it meant that I was going to have to literally jump in and outside of my skin and my heart and my mind to become all of them. And that in and of itself is a challenge. Even the stuff that I end up knowing that may not even may end up in the book. But there's something, information and knowledge that I have that I know that makes them, that, that, that propels them and compels me to tell the story or their scenes or when the spotlight is on them a certain way. I know what words are going to come out of their mouth. And on some levels, when I start a book, I don't know how I'm going to do it. Until it comes to the point where I have to do it. And that's the beauty of writing. If I had to shit off, figure it out, you know, I, I don't know. But if that's part of the challenge. And that's why I go through thousands of pages, empty page pieces of paper until I get it right. So if when it when it hits the right note, I know it's the right note. Thanks so much to Terry for an epic interview. And thanks to you for listening. And thanks to our super producers, Britt, Jerry Michael Smith, Marcus Harkis, Noel, Sam Montez, and Jason Reynolds. I appreciate you guys. The rest of you, join us over at patreon.com slash show for more from me and Terry and to get an extra episode every Friday only for Patreon subscribers. Torre Show gives you fuel to power your dreams because you can use your dreams like a rocket ship to blast you into a life you never imagined. You can make your dreams a reality, and this show can help. You can find me on Twitter at Torre and on Instagram at Torre Show and on Patreon at patreon.com slash Torre Show. Torre Show is written by me, Torre, and produced by Jackie Garifano. Our editor is Ryan Woodhull. Our photographers are Chuck Marcus and Shanta Covington. Our booker is Claudia Jean, and we're distributed by DCP Entertainment. And we will be back on Friday and on Wednesday with more amazing guests because the man can't shut us down. We live in a world where you can get anything you need delivered to your door 
thanks to DoorDash. If you don't want to do the dishes or you feel a little sick, let DoorDash bring dinner tonight. My family uses DoorDash all the time because it connects us to our favorite restaurants without us having to drive. Last night, we got some Indian food for my wife, some gumbo for me, and sushi for the kids. And everyone was happy, and we didn't have to do the dishes. The process of ordering was quick and easy, and I love DoorDash for real. So I was so happy to do this for them because I'm a customer, because I know DoorDash is your door to more. Must be over 21 to order alcohol. Alcohol available only in select markets. DoorDash, your door to more. Download the DoorDash app now to get almost anything delivered. 